All right, there we go. Welcome to 154 number episode, episode number 154. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Welcome back to the studio, Brad. Hey, I'm a little confused here, I guess. I'm on the wrong side of the country. Everything's upside down and backwards. That's right. That's why the audio sounds so good. You're here. Actually, I think we knocked it pretty good last time. It did sound pretty good. Um, At least I've been told that. I listened to like two seconds of it, and I was like, satisfactory. I had to do a couple things, but uh, we'll talk about that off the air. Yes. Uh, a couple of adjustments I need to make. Um, anyways, you're here. I'm here again. I feel like I was just here. It feels like you were just here. Yeah, because it's only been like two weeks. Yeah, but it also like, because we keep doing the show, it, it doesn't feel any different. Other than like, I think I just need to get a cardboard cutout of you. Just to sit across from Just to sit across from <laughs> well, we could do like, like a video the whole time, but then I have to wear pants. Yeah. So um, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know about wearing pants or doing video. Either. <laughs> okay. I'll just have like a just a frozen expression on your face, like cardboard cutout. Just sitting still doing nothing. Yeah. I like it. A cardboard cutout would be wearing pants, though. Yeah. Um. Well. Now that I've completely derailed the episode <laughs> before we even started. Uh, what did you do? Because I asked you about going to car shows. You hadn't gone to any, but you went to some after I asked you last week. Yeah, I had actually already planned on going to the um, every Saturday show in Phoenix. Yep. Um, they call it the PAVs because it's at the Pavilions Plaza. Uh, it's hosted. They call it the like McDonald's rock and roll car show. Like it's supposed to be like a 50s, 60s style. Sure, of course show, it is. But obviously it's it's a whatever show. It's a it's a all day long cars and coffee pretty much. Remember how it was cruising to the hamburger stand with your best gal? Right. Things boomers say kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh no, it was a uh it was started as like a local cruise night for like you know Guys in their 57 Chevys, but mm-hmm. it has grown into like an all day long cars and coffee. Um, it's actually pretty cool because I think I've talked about it before. It rotates through the day. Yeah. So the older crowd gets there earlier and then progressively the cars get a little bit newer towards the end of the day. And by the end of the day, it's usually the import crowd once it's, you know, eight or nine o'clock at night. So it yeah, was and the a, blazing uh, sun goes down. Yeah. It was actually beautiful last Saturday night, which is why we decided to go. Um, it was only like 92 degrees, um, which once the sun goes down, 92 degrees and 13% humidity is a beautiful time to be outside. So we were. And uh, everybody else, I think, had the same idea because the crowd was huge. Right. <laughs> so the first cool night of the year and everybody comes out. Didn't you run into a listener? I did not run into a listener. I ran into a at least follower's car. Okay. Uh, his Instagram name is Laserhawk and he has an R32 GTST. Okay. Which is a beautiful car. Cool. It's like a deep burgundy metallic red. So he might be a listener. I know he at least follows us on, on the Instagram page. You sent me a, a bunch of pictures. There's a lot more, a ton of like Japanese imports. Yeah, the right-hand drive, like, quote-unquote, JDM crowd is uh, pretty strong in Phoenix. I don't know if it's because of our lax registration laws or it's just... Likely. The scene that's there. I mean, it's pretty easy. Probably to both. Combination of the two. There's no inspection process in Phoenix other than emissions. And if you have vintage car insurance, you don't need emissions. So you can register anything that has headlights and taillights pretty much. Yeah. So they must be cool with the less than 17-digit VIN thing. Yeah, which they are in most states. 
other than like you know California. Yeah. Um, but there was when I first rolled in, um, that car I just talked about, the GTST, the R32 Laserhawk, was parked right in the front of the McDonald's, not even in the car show. Um, so his R32 it was parked next to an R31, which is a the previous generation. It's more square, and it was a uh, rear-wheel drive. This particular one was a sedan um, on Impool. 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 Not quite sure the proper pronunciation of that is. Uh, the wheels, though, the five-spoke, three-piece wheels. Right. So that was really cool. Um, there was a Cressida wagon that I fell in love with on SSR Mark 1s. Um, it's a car that I had randomly seen in traffic like the week prior and sent you a picture of. And then it was parked there right next to the R32, so mm. that was pretty neat. Um, but, yeah, as far as Japanese imports go, there's a ton of them there. A um, couple of Integra-type bars, one of which was a European import kind of reminded me of my eclipse oh right so it was a red integra type r yep um imported from great britain Ooh. so it had a weird fog light in the back bumper yep and weird auxiliary lights in the front bumper mm-hmm. um but it was a right hand drive integra type r which is like you know the holy grail of honda honda fans yeah but not from japan <laughs> hmm. so it had the mugen like box style rear spoiler and the mugen eight spoke wheels and it was a really cool little car. I would definitely be down driving that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's what there was as far as weird JDM import stuff. There's a bunch of weird American stuff there. Um, but my favorite car of the night happened at the very end of the night. He wasn't there earlier. It yeah. was a 71, 71, 72, Datsun 1200. Hmm. It's kind of a... Maybe a little bit smaller than a Colt or similar to a Colt size car. The 1200cc four cylinder. Um, but it was on SSR Mark III's, lowered, Venomirs. It had the inside louvers on the rear window, like the uh, Venetian blind style ones. Right. Like the Australians, the Australian hot rodders all did. The Colt um, is often mistaken for one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the cars people think the Colt is all the time. But it's a really neat car. And I haven't seen one, at least a notch back in person like that for. A long time, if not ever. I'm sure I have back when they were newer, but haven't seen one in ages. So that was really cool. And the kid driving it was super into it and super awesome, and he was probably 19 years old. So just a little more proof that the future is alive and well of old car life. I didn't notice if your... Does the European Eclipse have a rear fog light? It does not. Huh. Uh, I think other countries did. I think like the one that's sold in England maybe does. Weird. I didn't. I thought I would think it would be mandatory in a place like Germany, but so you see a lot of them, and maybe it was changed at some point. I don't know. You'll see a lot of them have one backup light because mm-hmm. they have the square backup lights next to the license plate. And one of them will be white, will be a white backup light, and one of them will be a red um, fog light. Hmm. I could probably easily turn that into a fog light. It'd be kind of neat, actually. Hmm. Maybe we'll look into that. Hmm. Thanks for the idea. Without knowing you were giving me an idea, hmm. but it is nice to be back in Massachusetts because I'm driving that car again. Cool. So I actually borrowed a DA from a friend, and uh, I'm going to go to town sanding the top part of the door now. Okay. So I can get that painted tomorrow. All right. So it'll be all ready for Cars and Coffee this weekend. Yeah. So I might as well plug that now. Uh, Cars and Coffee coming up August 18th. Saturday. The Sunday Sunday, after this episode drops. Yep. Uh, That is 8 to 11 a.m. Yeah. Started at eight or nine. It's eight. Yeah, you're right. Yep. 
uh, at the Coffee Factory in Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, just check the Facebook page for event details. It's Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. Um, it should be a good... I think the weather's supposed to be really nice. So. It's supposed to be a good weekend, yeah. And I'm stoked to go because I'm back in town coinciding with the weekend, which mm-hmm. is just per chance, but I'll take it. So it's going to be a uh, it's gonna be a good time. And I'm excited to debut the Euro Eclipse out here at, a, at an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I... Speaking of eclipses and talons and DSMs, I played with mine the other day because I had it out, and uh, it was like the it's nine. It's nine o'clock. Oh, it starts at nine. Yeah, so I thought so. Huh. Sorry. Anyway, go on. Huh. I just All wanted right. to get the right time before we show they're an hour early. Weird. All right. Um, what did I? Why did I have that car out that morning? But I had it out, or I had it out the night before. That's what it was. That's why it was in my driveway. But the spoilers kind of rattled for a while. Probably ever since I swapped it from the spoiler from your old car. Uh, actually, the spoiler on my Eclipse also rattles a lot. Um, I didn't really understand at the time when I swapped it, there's like these plastic clips that unbolt, and that's how you pull the spoiler off after it, because you unbolt these clips, and then it slides off. It's got like these blind fasteners. Um, a couple of them weren't caught, and of course these bolted, bolted fasteners were broken, so I took it all off, and I was like, oh, let me go see if the parts car has these. But, of course, they're a metal nut inside of a plastic piece, okay, which is rusted, and the plastic has shattered. Right. So the parts car ones did not come loose. So I don't know how I'll get the spoiler off of that car. Um, do you have any of the clips pulled aside? Do I what? Do you have any of the clips that are like pulled aside that I can look at? Nope. Okay. Because the ones that are in there... The ones that slide in are fine. It's the bolted ones that are broken. Okay. Um, so I actually took... I didn't think this was going to work, but I made like... a, Like I wove a couple zip ties together. Mm-hmm. I took some pictures of it on my Instagram. And made like a little spot for the... Uh, like the plastic piece to sit in okay. the metal bracket that's under the spoiler. And it got tight on both sides and the spoiler doesn't rattle. So win i guess yeah that seems pretty good to I, me i'll probably try to order some clips for it but it works when i for take now. mine apart i'll take a look at the clips because i plan on doing it this week as well um and i'll go see if i have something that looks similar enough or if they do at the the clip like the generic clip section at the old uh, body shop i worked at maybe um i'll show you how i took it apart later but it's like once you get those off it comes off really easily and it made a huge difference. And then I also found in the parts car, because I was trying to get them off, there's these little, like, plastic... It's like these two plastic, I don't know, bumpers, and then these two rubber bumpers on the body of the car. So these two plastic ones are in the hatch. Yep. The rubber ones are in the body of the car. If you've got one of these cars, you'll know what I'm talking about. And it keeps the hatch, I think, from rattling. It keeps it Side centered. to side. It keeps it centered when you close it. No, nope, close it as well. Yeah, and... Uh, this must have been like a squeak and rattle kit because the parts car had two shims on each side that fit perfectly in there. Okay. And mine did not have those. Hmm. And the thing rattled like crazy. So I pulled the shims out and put them in mine and felt a lot tighter. So hopefully it solved the rattle issue because the rattle, it would rattle in cold weather. As soon as the car is in the sun and like everything expanded, it would be fine. Right. So maybe that's just what it needed. Yeah. I have the same the similar rattle in the back of my car, so and it's a similar design spoiler, if not the same exact design spoiler, actually. Um, so I should look into doing some of that to it as well. Yeah. 
otherwise, drove the Cadillac to a car show. The 75? Yep. Excellent. Uh, grandfather rode with me, so he really enjoyed that. That car drives super nice. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I shouldn't by any means like that car at all. Well, it's, it's such a different driving But experience. I really like it yeah, a lot. It's so different than anything you're ever, you've ever owned or ever been used to. Yeah. Everything is overboosted. Everything is super soft. Mm-hmm. You can't... Like, you start it, and you're like... the What you hear is the starter motor going back in. That little... Okay. And then you're like, I think it started. And you get it... Is it really that quiet in the car? Yes. Oh, wow. And, like... Because it has, it has a little burble behind the car. that You can hear the American V8 burble. But inside the car, you can't feel it. And there's no tachometer. Okay. Like, you got to give it a little blip of the throttle to make sure... You're like, oh, it did start. Huh. And then it's like super over boosted um but like the brakes work really well i'm glad we took the time to flush the fluid out because it does stop pretty well um and like i think it rides pretty sweet but i guess one of the shocks is uh leaking so my dad ordered one but yeah i haven't ridden ordered it a pair. yet i haven't ridden any yet but i do remember growing up my mom had an 82 uh coupe de ville yeah and i remember that was a pretty cushy cushy car yeah, maybe we'll, very similar. We'll try to take it for a ride. If, we, if you when you go underneath it, it's funny because it's literally like the Montero in the front, the giant frame rails. It's, well, it has giant frame rails. It's torsion bars front to rear mm. with CV axles and then front shocks. It's literally a truck. That's weird. Yeah. Well, it has giant like truck like brakes too. Like it's a yeah. huge. Everything is way too big for what it needs to be. It's got air shocks in the back. Are they really air shocks? Yeah. From the factory. Yeah. Is there like an onboard pump? Yeah, it's not working, but they're level huh. for whatever reason. My dad's got to look at it. Maybe level is like the base, and then they pump up with air when you put too much weight in it. Yeah, they're supposed to self-level the car. Yeah, so it's probably... They, have you tried like just sitting in the trunk? Maybe they work. It's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? If it's sitting level, there's no reason for them to kick on. And if it's not sitting level, then it's not. So maybe we should start the car, and both of us like sit on like the trunk ledge. So we can push the back of the car down and see if it levels it back up again. Oh, maybe. It was funny the other day, like, when my dad took it for a sticker. Oh, this was almost a month ago. It, it was leaning to one side, and now the car doesn't seem to lean to one side, though. So maybe that's... Maybe they are working. Yeah, and it's probably... Because that car sat for a long time with a flat left front tire. Yeah. So that would throw off the geometry in the rear if it sat for a long time. And then once you finally started driving it, it leveled back out again. Yeah. My dad said he couldn't... You didn't hear it running, but it's probably designed as you don't hear it running. Yeah, if you can't hear the engine, how are you going to hear the air pump for the rear yeah, shock? Yeah, this is true. Yeah, so we should do that. We should go over there at some point tomorrow and just start it. Just literally sit on the trunk ledge and see what happens. Like open the trunk and sit like on the black seal. Yeah. And just see if it pumps back up. Because between the two of us, we're like 500 pounds. <laughs> and uh, we would certainly put some weight in the back of the car. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a cool car. And uh, I actually flipped those seatbelt retainers around. Yeah, it like, didn't make a huge difference. No, but it looks right though. It didn't look yeah. right before. Plus, the way they are now, if you got an accident, I think they'd have a. Not that you want to crash the car, but I think they wouldn't snap immediately. And the problem with them snapping immediately is that that seatbelt, when it doesn't have the retainers, goes right against your neck. So if they snap and the seatbelt just catches your neck, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, so it's, it's just weird. It bothers me that they point forward and not backwards. That's just the way they are, though. But I want them to point backwards. It's like a forward-facing hood scoop on like a 68 I Charger. I guess. It's fine. Uh, oh, and I finished the two videos. Uh, I put up the 
KYB, sorry, Coney heavy track video. Yep. And, and the, the bushings. And the trailing arm bushings. bushings, yeah, for the Montero. Most excellent. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I did to, did to cars. I got a, a headlight out in the Montero I discovered when I took you to the airport this morning. Or picked, picked you up at the, the airport. airport. Yeah. Well, it's a lot more than I've done to cars in the past week, so that's good. Yeah. However, I'm here this week. It's true. And we're going to burn through some car stuff. Um, hopefully, there'll be updates on the Saab, the White Starion, the Red Eclipse, and the Gallant engine will have a little bit of progress, hopefully, all mm. this week. If I buckle down and do things the way I plan on doing them, I'm not going to say any of them will be finished, but at least they'll all have progress. The Saab should be finished, hopefully. But we'll see what happens. So stay tuned for next week's episode, or probably the week after, because there'll probably be one in between, too, because um, we actually have a guest for next week. So it'll be the week after. Mm-hmm. It should be the update for all those things. So that should be good. Um, I do have some Conquest Starion Market Watch updates. Mm-hmm. We don't have a uh, intro music for that, but Mm-mm. you need, like, a breaking news bulletin. Um, no. No. <laughs> well, this is a segment that we kind of started... And once we started yeah. it, we kind of got to run with it. You don't sound so excited about it. No, I don't. You don't want. You don't care anymore. Now that they're not thirty grand anymore, and now you're like, eh. No, no, I, I don't think we need music for it though. Oh, okay. So, um, apparently, the market is flooded. Yeah, because everybody saw how much they were going for. Well, yeah, everybody saw how much they were going for, so they put the cars back out there, and now the people that were willing to pay twenty-five to thirty grand for a Conquest or a Starion have all bought the cars. So. Of course. The past three that have gone through on Bring a Trailer haven't sold. Um, one of them is an 87. Actually, we'll start with the 86 because it was cheaper than the older. Um, an 86 Starion, so not a Conquest, but an actual badged Mitsubishi in Oregon um, with 45,000 original miles on it. So a clean, low-mile, original paint car. Mm-hmm. Um only bid to 9300 bucks and did not sell. Hmm. So this particular car is, to me, looks almost as nice as, or as nice as one of the $20,000 ones from two months ago, maybe two and a half months ago, mm-hmm. not that long ago. So I'm assuming this bidder, was the seller was really hoping for a higher a higher price on the car, and that's why it didn't sell at 9300 um, that being said, 86 is not the most desirable year. Mm-hmm. 88 and 89 is a sweet spot, which some of the more expensive cars were, um, which might lead us to this 87 that also was just on Bring a Trailer last week. Um, only 37,000 miles. This one, a red Conquest, um, which essentially isn't any different other than a couple of mm-hmm. small little details. Um, this car is also just as nice as that last one and the $35,000 car. And it bid to, not sold, $11,800. Hmm. So I wonder if there was a quick initial rush and those cars sold. And now nobody else that wants these cars has that kind of money to buy a quote-unquote blue-chip collector version of one. Mm-hmm. So now they're just going to kind of sit there until somebody else is ready to buy one. Hmm. So Maybe. Hold on to them for a little while. That <laughs> took way too long for you to find. And it wasn't even worth it in the end. You've not killed the show. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, all momentum is lost. We might as well <laughs> say, keep you guys in analog and have a good night now. It's all done. What's wrong with the hype horn? You don't like the hype horn? I don't like the hype horn. We don't need a hype horn 
halfway through the story. <laughs> Maybe if you had it queued up at the beginning of the story, we'd be fine. I didn't know you were going to ask for music. I wasn't going to ask for music. I was going to suggest that maybe in the future we have a <laughs> we have an intro song for the Chrysler Conquest Mitsubishi Starion Market Watch segment, which is not even a segment anymore because he's taking the wind right out of my sails. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so if you have one of those sponsored cars, sponsored by I can't believe it's not butter. If you have one of those cars and you were hoping to cash big on it, now might not be the time. No, I guess so. not. I guess not. Not that mine's worth anything. Because it's junk. No, it's not worth anything. Right. It's um, worth uh, whatever the scrap value is right now. It's worth a little more than that if I sold parts off of it first. Yeah. If yeah. you sold the engine and then... No, the engine's the bad part. It doesn't run. Oh, 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 I'm talking about the white one. Oh, no, the white one is scrap value no matter what. Okay. Even the part's not worth anything. Like okay. Car. No, the, 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 the quote-unquote Barney yeah. Conquest has a lot of expensive parts on it. Mm. So there's probably three grand worth of parts in a $500 car. So we can definitely make that some money makes on that sense. Yeah. Whatever that tracks. I didn't pay for any of them, so it's fine. Hey, the beer we got tonight is uh, kind of weird. It combines like is it two beer. Of, yeah, it combines like two of our favorite things. Where it's polar. Polar is a seltzer water. Seltzer we water talk about all the time. But it's uh, a harpoon UFO. Yeah, it's mixed together. Yeah, so, so it's, we, like, it's like it's, it's like a, a seltzer water shandy. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but it's not sweet and sugary like a shandy. So I kind of like it. I kind of dig it. Like, and you're mostly, dr- I, you've, you're drinking like half water. So they don't really it's do It's only it. 4.8% alcohol. So you're basically saying this 12 ounce can is really only six ounces of beer. That's right. So it might as well be 2.5% alcohol. Exactly. So we should have like eight of these and then just go drive around. Uh, probably not. Oh, okay, just check it. <laughs> but they are pretty good. It is. It's interesting. It's refreshing. Yeah, it's good. Good warm weather beer. Yeah, I don't know that it's like delicious. It's not for everyone. Definitely it, not for everyone. It doesn't have like a heavy beer flavor. It's a very light beer flavor. It's but I, not light beer. I will say that it is significantly better than these spiked seltzer drinks. Oh yes, because those are disgusting. Those are really gross. Yeah, you're better off taking seltzer. And putting vodka in it. Right. Because they taste better. Because for whatever reason, the spiked seltzer, they add like fake sugar. Oh, does that why it tastes bad? Yeah. I just know I had one. And I was like, I, I bought like, I think they had like 12 packs on Is sale it White somewhere. Claw? Did you get White Claw? Uh, maybe it was Those that. are the really bad ones. Maybe it was that. It was on sale at like Walmart or something. Yeah. And I was like, I like seltzer. I also like alcohol. Let me give this a try. No. And uh, I drank one, and I was like, the rest of these are getting thrown away. Yeah, You're better <laughs> off terrible. buying a big bottle of Polar and a decent well, I bottle. I think you forget, Andrew, I can't buy a big bottle of Polar oh. because I don't live in Polar territory well, that's anymore. that's not my fault. Um, you talk to uh, Angry Bird GTI. He knows where to get it. No, I mean, I can get cans of it if I yeah. seek it out but and pay a lot of money for it. Really? That's, well, that's the other problem is that a 12-pack of Polar seltzer here is like two ninety nine. Yeah. And out there, it's like six ninety nine. Wait. So I'll just yeah. live with Fry's brand. The I mean the the bubbly stuff's pretty good. Yeah. The Coke brand too, too too much flavor. Too much flavor. <laughs> too much flavor in my flavored water. Right. Yes. I wanted to have a hint of of lime. What was the old the, the joke that used to go was like a picture of the uh, Lacroix flavors, and one of them was like shared space in the truck with limes. <laughs> yeah, that's the flavor I want. No, it's the. Uh, 
it's, it's like someone yelled lime yeah. from across the room <laughs> yeah, exactly. as you were drinking it. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. All right. What else we got? We have one pedantic correction today. Yep. Um, Santiago, a listener whose last name I'm not going to go ahead and pronounce. Santiago Iglesias. Iglesias? Iglesias. Sure. All right. Uh, we were talking about seatbelts last week, or week before, because yeah. you were talking about installing the retractors in the Cadillac. That's right. And you thought they were broken when you got them back. I did. Until you realized there was a like a gravity lock that when you tilted them, it locked them or unlocked them. Mm-hmm. So he um, happens to know about that, and he told us that there's a federal safety standard, so an FSS 208 or 209, he thinks, um, that right around 0.4 Gs. I think he works in Detroit. This is why he knows yeah. this. It's right around 0.4 Gs. It needs to have that gravity tilt lock mechanism work. Mm-hmm. So he says every car has that. So you weren't, you know, it's not a unique experience putting a Cadillac together. If you hold any seatbelt at the wrong angle, it will just lock or not lock at all. So I never noticed it before. But he said, what, how also many times have you changed out seatbelts though? Either uh, a couple times, cars. Okay. But um, most modern stuff that I've dealt with has the ball bearing lock, like mm-hmm. what he's talked about, which is the same kind of thing. Just one you were dealing with had like a pin that came out versus a ball bearing it, falling into it. When you looked inside of it, it looked like a really fancy ratchet strap. Okay. And ratchet straps have like a pin that comes out when you yeah, because it has the, those two gears on the side of the reel, right? And you pull that like lever in the middle. Literally a ratchet strap. Yeah, it's they're not that crazy, but like I said, what's funny with those retainers it makes it so much easier to put them over because you literally can pull them from the lower waist mm-hmm. like a normal belt. You don't have to reach up and behind. Yeah, your shoulder. Yep. So now the uh, the podcast about Cadillac 70s seatbelts. Yeah, whatever. We have a car podcast, so we need to uh, talk about all kinds of cars. No, it's just an interesting little quirks and features. Don't ever say that again on our podcast. <laughs> I watched one of his videos for the first time. They're terrible. In a very long time. Because Sorry, he, they're terrible. He did an eclipse recently. It's awful. Yeah, it was hard to watch. Was the town or the eclipse one? It was a white eclipse. There's like one of them where it's like a super low mileage DSM or something. Yeah, it's, it's a like, white eclipse. That's the one I saw. Yeah, it's pretty old actually. Not this one. It's pretty new. All right. Maybe it's another one. Uh, it literally just came out not that long ago. That's so why I watched it. It was it all over the place for a little while. It was pretty terrible. Um, you all know who we're talking about. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I can't watch his videos. No, they just kind of annoy me. Yeah. I don't like... I'm sure he can't listen to us either though, so I'm sure the feeling is mutual. I'm sure he doesn't give a shit because he's a millionaire, so... Yeah. <laughs> by making weird stuff um whatever whatever works i guess yeah um whatever pays the bills you know i get super annoyed when people who don't know that much about cars get make really money far on cars talking about cars it's yeah. kind of well it's because personality personality is more important than knowledge yeah we don't have really great personalities yeah. so we're lucky uh, to have four people listen to us exactly um it is what it is i mean both my parents so there's two people my wife there's three one of my parents has four. Yeah. And my girlfriend. There you go. Five. All right. So Pretty we get five listeners. And, well, and Santiago gave us a correction. That's true. So we have six. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. At least we have that. It's not necessarily screaming to the void, but whatever. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so today, Andrew. Um, I'm excited for this week because we're going to have a ton of updates coming up um, because I'm going to be doing lots of work. Um, I'm excited to A, do the work and B, talk about it. So I may try to put together some kind of video footage of doing the bodywork on the door. 
Sure. Just because we don't have anything anywhere in that realm in our video catalog. Um, I can probably set that up pretty easily. Oh, uh, before we go, speaking of insane current news, okay. it was today Dale, Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s plane with his family on it like yeah, it rolled crashed. off the yeah, it yeah. went off the runway. This is why you don't get in small planes or helicopters. Yeah, luckily they all survived. Oh, of course, because like it was a low s- speed incident. Yeah, there's like so many NASCAR drivers and like just pro race drivers that get yeah. into small planes and helicopters and have horrible accidents. It's not good. No. Yeah, if you're a race car driver of any kind, don't get in a small plane. Yeah. It's like I mean, honestly, if you're anybody that lives and breathes, there's really no reason to get in a small plane. Literally safer to be in a race car. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I, I get real real sketchy about small planes. If I even get in like a jet that has two rows per two seats per row versus three, even then I'm a little like, oh, this plane is too small for me. Yeah, we had one of those not too long ago. I was like, mm. yeah, I flew on one from Dallas to. Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. It was not my favorite experience. As long as you don't have to shut the door or move around to shift weight. So, fun off-topic story? Sure. I flew in last night. Yep. Um, the flight was a little delayed because there was an issue with the entertainment system, which I feel shouldn't cause a delay. I feel they should just say, sorry, guys, the TV in your seat back is not going to work today. Yeah, but Enjoy then they have to, like, refund everyone. I know, but I don't want to sit in the tarmac for an hour. Because the whole deal with JetBlue is that you get this great in-seat entertainment, and then if it doesn't work, it's kind of annoying. Well, whatever. I had my tablet all loaded up with episodes of things to watch. So See, I don't bring stuff like that because I purposely fly that airline to not have to lug that stuff around. I've had so many experiences where like my screen doesn't work or the headphone jack doesn't work. Usually the headphone jack doesn't work. Yeah, well, actually... Nine times out of ten, it does not work. Also... Once everything was settled out in the entertainment system last night, everybody's TV worked except for mine. So thankfully I had my yeah. tablet with me anyway. So anyway million dollar idea actually is to invent some sort of uh, headphone jack that will just go in there and just fit. Because they're all janky as fuck because mm-hmm. everybody puts different headphones in there. And it ruins people's them. 3.5 millimeter it's not actually jack. 3.5. Might be, one person's might be 3.3 and one person might be 3.6. So it wears out those holes. Yeah. So um, anyway, so because of this delay caused by, it was it was already a pretty late night flight. It was supposed to take off 8.45 p.m. Arizona time, which mm. is like 11.45 here. Yeah. Um, so it's already going to be an overnight flight. Not a big deal. Because there was a delay, the runway that we were supposed to use with our jet closed. The new runway that we could use... The only one that was open was shorter. Not a big deal for this particular airplane, but it has to be under a certain weight to take off from this runway. Mm. I've never experienced this on an airplane before. We were overweight to take off. Mm. They had no idea what to do. So they told us all we were going to have to deplane. Well, that's fun. Which is not good because now we're already like almost two hours late. I just drained some gas out. Well, get rid of their drink carts. Like... It's it's a red eye flight. You don't need three carts full of beer. You're not going to sell any of them. Get them off the plane. Anyway, what they wound up doing was throwing individual people off the plane, which went way better than I thought it was going to. How do you even know that those people that you <laughs> take off amount to the? What if they were like a bunch right. of a hundred pound people? Well, one of them was a child. Like yeah. they threw this family off that was sitting. 
two next to me, two two in the row next to me, one in my row, and it was like literally a young girl, a young guy, and their two year old son. Like his seven pounds isn't gonna make a difference on this airplane. Yeah. So by the end of the thing, they had thrown off five people to make the thing down to weight, and to me, the weight of five people isn't gonna affect the jumbo jet that much. But I guess there is some kind of like. I guess if it hits that safety standard number, they have to hit that safety standard number. Oh, yeah. It must be a... So the way they chose the people was um, those who had standby tickets, they didn't have actual reserved seats, were the ones that got thrown off. So now we're already two hours late. They throw these five people off. But now these five people also all had roll-on luggage that because they were standby customers, they had to check their roll-on luggage. Right. Now we had to wait for them to find their roll-on luggage I know. And it wasn't in the like, belly of the airplane. And it wasn't like the last four bags put on. No, apparently it wasn't because that took way too long as well. But anyway, long story short, I've never been on an airplane that couldn't take off because it was overweight. Yeah, no, I can't say that's ever happened. Right? And I am I was pretty much ready to be like, all right, I'll just go on this airplane because... I don't weigh. I'm not. I'm not a small man, and if I can help the rest of these people get out of here, I'll just come. To, I'll go tomorrow if you give me a voucher. Mm. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, we did finally eventually take off like three hours late. But it is what it is. Here's a weird off-topic story about air travel, which I've been doing so much of this year. Oh, so so sad. Yeah, so sad. And I got puked on too. It was not. Good. Oh yeah, I didn't even get the best part. Yeah. Like fast forward like three hours in the air, I'm like starting to finally doze off, and all of a sudden my arm gets wet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> like, did how did other people not start puking? I don't know. Well, nobody else could tell what was going on really because it was dark. Oh. And this person was running to the bathroom, and they didn't quite make it, and they puked right next to me, and I had an aisle seat. So it literally got all of my arm and leg. Somehow didn't get on my shorts or my shirt. And all over the floor, and the guy's feet behind yeah, me. Yeah, how did that turn into, like, Family Guy Ipecac? Yeah, it was pretty gross. Everyone puking. And it wasn't a small child. If it was a small child, I'd probably have been like, oh, that's, this was kind of sucks, but it's a kid. I can get her. Like, it was a full-grown adult human woman. Yeah, they didn't understand that there was an air sickness bag, like, I don't know, in the seat. Or not to projectile vomit in the aisle of the airplane without putting your mo- hand over your mouth or some kind of... Well, like, like some kind of gesture to pretend you weren't trying to puke on my arm. It's literally a bag for it. Yeah, there's a process for this. I don't know. Whatever. I was. It was. It was a flight I don't want to repeat. But I'm sure I'll have other flight stories in the future. Yeah. Not, no, hopefully not like that one. Yeah, getting puked on is not a good way to have your night go, especially when it's a complete total adult stranger. <laughs> Like a dog, whatever. What a baby, to... whatever. An adult human, that's want... really gross. I want like 1960s airline travel. It was like cool and like... I mean, was it though? Everybody you know, everybody had to like dress up and be dressed nice. A plane smelled like a cigarette. That's true. But yeah. like people didn't roll up in like pajamas. They crashed a lot more. Maybe. They were uh, hijacked a lot more. Maybe. But, you know, you can have it that way if you want. I definitely fly in sweatpants and flip-flops, so <laughs> I don't, I'm don't. i not a classy man on the airplane, sorry. Ugh. Comfort is of the utmost important. You're on the airplane for six hours going here from Phoenix. I don't know. 
You, you need to be comfortable. I don't want to wear a shirt and tie. No, you don't need to wear a shirt and tie, but like... I don't want to wear a belt. Dress like you're going outside. Well, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not like wearing like, you know, pajama pants covered in... Puke, apparently. Uh, yeah. No, I was wearing like... I was dressed like I am right now, like a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Like it was fine. <laughs> and I don't know. It just, it was not a good experience. And I was very happy to land in Boston this morning. We'll put it that way. Hopefully the flight home is less vomity. Anyway, on that note, this is the end of our episode of Auto Off Topic, where we talk everything but cars. We talked about cars. A little bit. Much more to come. More cars. More cars. Uh, yeah. So, don't forget, Cars and Coffee, uh, Sunday after this episode drops, August 18, 2019. Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee at the Coffee Factory. Salem, New Hampshire starts at 9, goes to 11. Doesn't go to 10, goes to 11. Goes to question mark. You can hang out as long as you want. Yeah. You, just, you don't have to go home. Um, and uh, as always, follow us on Facebook, Got Off Topic Podcast. I posted a bunch of cool pictures to our Instagram. I got some rolls of film back. Um, there's some on my Instagram. There's some on Off Topic Instagram. Some of the Rhode Island mini melee that I shot on film. There's some from uh, Brad working on the Starion. Uh, there's a couple other ones in there. So go check them out. Uh, follow Auto Off Topic on uh, Instagram. Me, Race and Anger on Instagram. And Brad. TSISS350. Cool. As always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses. <laughs>